This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Luke chapter 5, verse 12, I just want to read it. And it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. And he fell on his face and he implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and he touched him, saying, I am willing to be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. I am willing. I am willing. That is what I like to do, right, Pastor? (laughs) One translation says, of course I will. Of course I will. Because where we know the Word of God, we know the will of God. Where we have the Word of God... We have the will of God. It is God's will to heal. Not if, it is. You know, that always puzzled me when I did go to church growing up, the the church that we went to from time to time, and I would hear them pray if it's God's will. And even as a young kid, uh, that just, it puzzled me because I thought, isn't he God? You know, why wouldn't it be? God's will to heal. And we've been going through uh, talking about the reasons that it is God's will to heal. And here, if you haven't been here and you want to write these down, uh, number one, number one reason is that God's word is medicine. Number two, the strong spirit will sustain us. Number three, it's the original creation. Number four, God's will in heaven. Number five, origin of sickness. Number six, sickness is a work of the devil. Can I get an amen on that? Number seven, covenant of healing. We have a covenant of healing. Number eight, eternal names of God. Number nine, sickness is a curse. Yes, it is. Ten types of redemption. The last couple of weeks we've been talking about Pastor and then Pastor Rick. Didn't they do a great job? Man, Pastor, thank you for feeding us the way that you feed us and leading us the way that you lead us. And the types of redemption. And we could continue to go on. um, And we celebrated that and we honored just how faithful God is. And tonight we're going to talk about that healing is in our redemption. Healing is a part of our redemption. Healing is a part of our redemption just as much as forgiveness of sin is a part of our redemption. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. That pain in that back can't come back in Jesus' name. The word does not return void and it accomplishes what it's sent to do. And so it does not come back. Does not. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. Yep, there it goes. For all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him amen to the glory of God through us. For all the promises, verse 20, for all, all the promises. All the promises of God. 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 Go with me to Second uh, Peter chapter 1. All the promises of God. All the promises of God. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him 
who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceeding and great, exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through, through lust. Now we see that all the promises of God in Him are yes. And right here, the promises are given to us that we might be partakers of the divine nature. Everything that we receive from God is through Jesus. And that He has given us, remember Psalms 107 verse 20, that He's already sent His Word and healed us of every manner of sickness and delivered us from destruction. So His Word does not return to us void. His Word is what makes us a partaker. Remember Acts chapter 20 verse 32. His Word is able to build us up and give us our inheritance. And our inheritance is healing. That's our inheritance. We're heirs with God, joint heirs with Jesus. The Word gives us our inheritance. The Word makes us partakers of the divine nature. His Word is His will. And His will is that we are healed. Healing is His will. Amen? First, uh, let's just go to the left while we're right here. We'll just read it while we're here. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. I know some of these I didn't, <laughs> I didn't give you right down there. But First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness. Notice this. By whose stripes you were, were healed. Now, notice Peter is talking, looking back at what Jesus did. And he says, we, we, were, we were healed. All of the healings in the Old Testament were looking at what Jesus was going to do. And all the healings from the time Jesus was raised from the dead until now are looking at what Jesus did. So Peter and us, we are looking back at what Jesus did. We, we were, were already, were healed. Now go with me to Isaiah 53. Now as we look at this, know that Isaiah is in the Spirit. Because this hasn't happened yet. And the Holy Spirit comes upon him. And so he's seen into the Spirit. He, he's a seer. And so as he's writing this, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he's looking to Jesus who hasn't come yet. He's looking to what will take place for you and I. So I want you to, to picture this, that he's, he's seeing that, that the Holy Spirit is on him. And this, this, is, this is what's happening here in verse 1, Isaiah 53, verse 1. He says, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Now, now pause there for a moment. To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? You, you just back right up to those who believed. Anytime you see the arm of God or the hand of God, it's talking about the might of God, the power of God, the strength of God. And he says, to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? To those who believe. To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? To those who believe. 
It says, to whom has believed our report? Remember Numbers chapter 13, the 12 spies, they, they win and... Ten of them brought back a negative report, but two, Joshua and Caleb, had, a, had the report of the Lord. And the Bible says they were of a different spirit. So our report, who has believed our report? The report is that we are healed by the stripes of Jesus. The report is healing is as much a part of our redemption as the forgiveness of sin. To who is the arm of the Lord revealed? To whom is re- healing revealed? To those who believe. Let's keep going. Verse 2, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. Now, when Jesus walked the earth, he walked not as the Son of God, but as the Son of Man. And he walked through thousands of people, and nobody paid any attention at times. He wasn't... This something spectacular. He, he was right here. Isaiah saying there's no beauty that we should desire him. Verse 3. He's despised and rejected by men. See to us. The cross is holy. We, we wear it on jewelry. We, we have it on our clothes. We have it on vehicles. To us it's holy. To them it was like if they were to us today if we were to wear a necklace with the electric chair around it. That's what a cross represented to them. I think it's very interesting how the religious people, whenever they wanted Jesus hung on a cross, because there were different forms of uh, torture, there was different forms of dealing with criminals, some were stoned, but whenever they were hung on a cross, it it was the worst And so the religious people wanted Jesus hung on a cross to validate what they were saying, that he wasn't from God and that he was cursed. But little did they know that when everybody was saying he must have been cursed, Jesus was receiving the curse. To release the blessing. Verse 3, he's despised and he's rejected. Remember Galatians chapter 3, we are redeemed from the curse of the law. Jesus being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is every man who hangs on the tree. Hmm. Verse 3, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him... And he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely, 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 he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. In the Amplified, it says, surely he has borne our griefs. That word griefs there is the word koli in Hebrew, and 20 different times it's translated as sickness, as disease. There was a, a group of, they were translating, they were from all different camps, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, all the different camps, and they got to this word here, and they had been translating it um, as sickness, as disease, but then they got to talking about it, and they didn't want to portray people to get the wrong idea. 
And so two of them said, well, if you've been translating it all the way through, that's just good Bible translation to translate it the way that it is, or we quit. And they ended up quitting because the translator wouldn't translate it as sickness or disease. And then you hear that in a lot of circles that it's just talking spiritually. It's just talking about our sins. It's just talking... No, right here, right here. Verse 4 says, Surely He has borne our sicknesses. Surely He has borne our weaknesses. I'm reading now the Amplified Translation. Surely He has borne our distresses. Surely, surely He has borne our sicknesses. Surely He has borne our weaknesses. Surely He has borne our distresses and carried our sorrows and pains. So right here you see that He bore our sickness, He bore our weaknesses, He bore our distresses, He carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered Him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. Now go with me to Matthew chapter 8. Hold your place there because we're coming back. Matthew chapter 8. I'm believing just like Isaiah saw in the Spirit. I'm believing we're, we're seeing in the Spirit tonight. That it, we, we receive in our spirit tonight. Let's start in verse 16. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. And it says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with the word. And he healed all. He healed all. He healed all. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he healed all then, he heals all today and he will heal all forever. He healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. So even if you didn't have a concordance over here in Isaiah 53, you can look over here and you have the number one translator in all the world, the Holy Spirit. Translating, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. That it might be fulfilled, verse 17, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities. Now, I want you to, I want to read a few definitions here. Infirmities, <clears throat> the word infirmity means feebleness of body or mind. Now, this is what Jesus took. Took our feebleness of body or mind. Took our disease. Took our sickness. Took any form of weakness. Jesus himself Took, listen, listen to this word took. Now, now, what did he take? He took feebleness of mind and body. He took sickness. He took disease. He took weakness. He took, listen to this word took. The word took means more violent. To seize or to remove. Jesus was violent about taking our sickness and taking our feebleness and taking our pain. He was violent about removing sickness from mankind, not just removing our sin. He was violent about taking man back. Man had been separated from God. Through Jesus, he was brought back into relationship with God. But in order for him to come back into relationship with God, God was violent through Jesus to take sin and to take sickness. He was just as violent. 
about taking sickness as he was about taking sin. He seized to seize, to remove, not hide, not to put a band-aid on, not to cover. Jesus himself took, took cancer. He took AIDS. He took weakness. He took perversion. He took homosexuality. He took the curse. He took, he took. He seized with violence. Now remember what Matthew chapter 11 verse 12 said. The violent take it by force. I thought this was very interesting. Because God would not ask us to do something that he would not do. He would not tell us to be something that he's not. Jesus violently, violently, I'm going to keep on this till you get it, violently seized. This is the great breaking loose, right? He was violent to take sickness. He was violent to seize. He was violent to remove our weakness, our sickness, our pain. And he says, now that I was violent to take sickness, now you be violent to take health and healing. The violent take it by force. Now Mark chapter 11, verse 24, it says, what sort of things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You believe that you take them and you shall have them. So he says, okay, I was violent to take infirmity and sickness and cancer and aneurysms and blood disease. I was violent to seize. See, he is, he is passionate about mankind. He is his hungry. He was so determined for this purpose. First John 3, 8 says, for this purpose, the son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. He was so focused and so serious. He just didn't sit up there and just casually take it. He was violent about taking sickness from mankind. He was violent about seizing sickness from mankind. He says he took, he says now the same violence, the same tenacity, the same passion, the same power that I took, now you take. You take. Whatsoever things that you believe, you take, you have. The violent take it. 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 Hmm. The violent take it. When we get just as serious about our belief that he took our sickness as we are about our belief that he took our sin... We're not going to stand for it. I've got to say this again. He violently took. And his same DNA is in us. The same tenacity. The same faith. That it took for him to seize sickness. Is the same tenacity. And the same faith that we have to take our healing. He took our infirmity, our infirmity. He bore, he bore 
The word bore there means to remove. He bore our sickness. Now, he healed all. He took infirmity. He bore sickness. He removed it. He removed its power. He disarmed. Remember in Colossians chapter 2 verses uh, 14 and 15, he disarmed principalities. He disarmed sickness. Part of redemption, this is what Isaiah is seeing, is, is I, see, I see Jesus coming. I, I, see, I see Jesus coming. And he is, he is violently going to seize infirmity and to take sickness and to remove the curse. I, I, see, I see a man coming and he has you on his mind. And he is very determined and he was very violent about his assignment. Now, we've got to look at violent in a new way. There's a righteous indignation. There is a, there is a tenacity that comes from the Spirit of God. The violent take it by force. Go back to Isaiah 53. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Isaiah 53. <laughs> Verse 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten. Notice this, smitten by who? Smitten by God. And afflicted. Amplified says, as, as with leprosy. But he was wounded. Let's look at this in Amplified. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. With the the stripes, the word stripes there, it it talks about a wound or a welt. Um, Hold your place there. Let's let's pull up Deuteronomy 25. You can look at this if you want. You can go over there. You can just look up at the screen. Deuteronomy 25. By his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes. Notice verse 2. Deuteronomy 25, verse 2, it says, Then if the guilty man deserves to be beaten, the judge shall cause him to lie down and be beaten in his presence with a certain number of stripes according to his offense. Forty stripes may be given him, but no more, lest if he should be beaten with many stripes, your brother should be treated like a beast and seem low and worthless to you. Now notice, stripes, beating, um, refers to punishment. So now now hold your place there. I'm going to read this again in Isaiah 53 verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He is bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes, by his wounds, by his welts, by his bruising, we are healed. There was something that took place. See, the, the stripes, the beating had to do with punishment. And, and this is what... Now, who did this to Jesus? See, the religious people thought they were doing it to Jesus. The Roman soldiers thought they were doing it to Jesus. But I want you to see this. As the Roman soldiers thought they were beating him on the outside, there was something more powerful happening for mankind, that it was going through his flesh into his spirit. At the core of sin. At the core of sickness, 
See, man lived in relationship with God, but when man fell, it went from living from the inside out to now man lived from the outside trying to get back in. And so when man was connected to God, it was not in the original creation. There was no sickness. There was no lack. There was no, there was no curse, right? So Jesus, so he, man went from the inside out. Jesus was bringing us back. Redeem means to purchase, re, to bring back to the original. So through Jesus, God was afflicting him. You, you see in verse 10 that it pleased God. It pleased him. Why? Because he was coming from the outside. The Roman soldiers thought they were beating him, but it was coming from the outside back to the inside. And the bruise, the well, the pain was for you and I. Not just dealing with the physical stripes, but it was going to the core. He was violently seizing. He was violently taking. He was violently obtaining. He was violently letting the devil know you have no power, no authority over mankind. And every, every hit, every hit, the Roman soldiers thought, I got him, I got him. But notice, it said he did not open his mouth. Not one time. He could have, he could have. He could have called legions of angels and wiped every one of them out for miles. But he didn't. Why, why did it please God, the Father? Because he knew that his son had what it took. Yes. He, knew, he knew that he had you on his mind and me on his mind. And he knew that his son had what it took to go to the cross. He had what it took to disarm principalities and powers. He had what it took to go to hell so you and I don't have to go there. He had what it took to be raised to the right hand of the Father. Yes. I don't even know if that's right English, but you got it, Right? By his stripes, by his stripes we're healed. By his wounds we're healed. Go with me to uh, Proverbs chapter 10. Hold your place there in Isaiah. Proverbs chapter 10. The beating has to do with punishment. Verse 13. But a rod is for the back of him who is devoid of understanding. Verse 13. Wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding. But a rod is for the back of him who is devoid of understanding. Notice the stripes. Go to Proverbs 19. Stripes has to do with the beating. That's the focal point that Jesus took a beating so you and I don't have to take a beating. Jesus took the punishment so you and I don't have to take the punishment. That is what redemption is. It's a great exchange. 19, verse 29. Judgments are prepared for scoffers and beatings for the back of fools. So you you see every reference talks about punishment. You you see in Deuteronomy chapter 28, Leviticus 26, that the the sickness was a curse. And the, the, the result of the curse was disobedience. It was a punishment. Jesus was taking a punishment for you and I. Now go back to Isaiah 53. Verse 6, and we all and we all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Lord has laid on him 
the iniquity or the sin or the result of sin or the perversion or the evil in, in the Hebrew it talks about. He laid on sin and the root of sin. Sin and the effect of sin. He laid poverty and the effects of poverty. Sickness and the effects of sickness. He, he laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse 7, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. And he was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Notice he says that twice. A sheep, like a sheep going to slaughter. He opened not his mouth. He opened not his mouth. Hold your place there. Go with me to Acts chapter 22. Acts chapter 22. Redemption is about the great exchange. Acts 22, verse 22. Now, now we're going to go back and forth between Acts 22 and Isaiah 53 here. Now, picture this. Whenever he's talking about he, he opened not his mouth, the, um, for example, in, in, even in some countries today, if somebody breaks the law, one of the things that they'll do if, if one of their laws is broken is they'll take that person out and they will beat that person. But somebody can step up and say, I want to take the beating. I want to take the beating for them. I, I want to take the beating for them. So that person can take the place and they'll take the beating for that person. Let's say it's a parent taking the beating for a child or something like that. But what if they come, come the next week and they knock on the door and they remind you that you broke the law, and they say, we're here for your beating. If you don't open your mouth and tell them, no, that dad took my place, you're going to get beat again. And so the person who took the beating, took the beating in vain, because you didn't open your mouth. Jesus took the beating... Jesus took the punishment. Jesus took the sin. Jesus took the sickness. Jesus, once again, took the beating. But when he took the beating, he didn't open his mouth. Why? So you and I could open our mouth. Acts 22, look at this. And they listened to him until his word. And then they raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he is not fit to live. Then as they cried out and tore off their clothes and threw dust in the air. We talk about devils stirring people up. Look at that. Verse 23, as they cried out and tore off their clothes and threw dust in there. I mean, they're throwing a fit. Verse 24, the commander ordered him to be brought into the barracks and said he should be examined under scourging or torture is another word for scourging. The same torture that Jesus took. Under scourging so that he might know why they shouted so against him. And as they bound him with thongs or leather straps, Paul said. Now, now notice right here, they're going to... Um, Paul stirred all this stuff up. Now, when you were a Roman in this time, 
if you said, I, I, I want to I appeal my case all the way to Caesar, they couldn't stop you. The government would back up your request if you were a Roman citizen. Emperor would back up your request if you were a Roman citizen all the way to Caesar and they couldn't touch you until you got all the way to Caesar. Remember whenever Paul stood before him and said, I, I must see King Agrippa. They had to honor that request all the way up. Why? Because the government backed up their request because you were a citizen of the Roman Empire. But if you were not a citizen, you didn't have rights. But if you were a citizen, you had rights. You were a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And if you were a citizen, you have rights. There is a reason your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and you have rights. If you're not a citizen, you don't have rights. But if you're a citizen, you have rights. And the government backs up your request. The king backs up your request. Now notice the commander had Paul. They were going to beat him, ask him some questions, beat him again, ask him some questions, beat him again, ask him some questions. He might live, he might not live. Here you have, oh, Brutus. All he does, Brutus working out. All he does, popping his whip, waiting. Who's my next guy? That's all he does. He's ready. Here's Paul. What does the Bible say? He's getting ready to take a beating, the same beating that Jesus already took. But notice the difference between Jesus and Paul. Because see, there were times that Jesus was our example, but then there were times that Jesus was our substitute. And when it said he opened not his mouth, he was our substitute. He was not our example in that moment. Notice, notice this. Verse 25, and as they bound him with thongs, Paul said to the centurion who stood by, is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a a Roman and uncondemned? In other words, hey Brutus, You might want to hold your whip there. What, what, what if he wouldn't have opened his mouth? He would have taken something that had already been taken. Jesus already took the beating, and now Paul was fixing to take a beating, but Paul said, what did Paul say? Is it lawful? Is it lawful? Is it lawful? He opened his mouth. Jesus did not open his mouth. Every hit, mmm, 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 taking it not only in the flesh, but all the way to the spirit, mmm, opening not his mouth. Think of the self-control. Think of the self-discipline. Think of the, think of the focus. Think of the determination. Mmm, mmm, for you and for me, the same, same tenacity, the same endurance, the same Faith on the inside of him that kept his mouth shut is the same power inside of us that he said, open your mouth. Open your mouth. Is it lawful for sickness to stay in my body? Uh-uh. Is it lawful for cancer to run through my family? Uh-uh. Is it lawful for the devil to take my kids? Uh-uh. No, no, no. Why? Because I'm a citizen. I'm a citizen. I'm a citizen. Notice what happens. Paul said to the centurion, Is it lawful for you 
to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned. And when this... <laughs> this Johnson paraphrase, this my, I make myself laugh sometimes. <laughs> Listen, I'll go ahead and share with you what I was thinking. It said, uh, and the centurion heard that, and this is what I thought, and he had to change his underwear. <laughs> Why? Because they realized they just made a mistake. <laughs> so you'll get that later. Anyway. <laughs> and the centurion heard that. <laughs> Dr. Savelle, if you're watching, no, you apologize about that. <laughs> and the centurion heard that. And he went and told the commander, saying... Take care what you do, for this man is a Roman. Verse 27. Then the commander came and said to him, Tell me, are you a Roman? He said, Yes. The commander answered, With, with a large sum, I obtained this citizenship. Now in that time, if you had enough money, you could buy your way into citizenship. You could... Oh, we won't go there. But you could buy your way in. And he's saying to Paul, I I bought my way in, but listen to what Paul says. And Paul said, but I I was born a citizen. I, I I didn't buy my way into here as he was bound. Hey, Brutus, you might want to hold your whip. Is it lawful? Is it lawful for you to scourge someone who is a born citizen? Now, the commander, that's an that's a example of the demonic. Because Brutus, I don't know if it's lawful or not. I don't think so. It's like the devils. You tell them, is it lawful for sickness to remain in my body? The, the little lower devils, they're a little dumber than the upper devils. I don't know. Let me ask somebody. See, we're, we're not dealing with flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, right? And so the commander comes out and he realizes, uh-oh, because if, if Caesar gets a hold of this, it, they're toast. Because they're, he's a Roman citizen. And notice right here, Paul said, but I was born a citizen. See, what if Paul wouldn't have known his rights? What if he wouldn't have known his rights? How many Christians sit here because we don't know our rights? Lord, whatever will be, will be. If it's your will, if it's your will, Lord, give me strength, give me strength, give me strength. And bless God, He'll give you strength if that's where you're at. But He wants us to know our rights. See, the devil wants us to stay ignorant. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. But Paul said, I I was born into this. And if you've called on the name of Jesus, you've been born into the kingdom of God. Your name is written for eternity on a roster, the only roster that matters. It don't matter how much money you have. It don't matter how good looking you are. It don't matter how talented you are. If your name is not in that book, if it's not in that roster, you're not in the family or the kingdom and you have no rights. But when you know you have rights, when you know you have rights, 
When your name is in the eternal book, you have rights. You have rights. Devil, is it lawful? Is it lawful for you to run rampant in this church? No, it's not. Is it lawful for you to hold back our money? No, it is not. Is it lawful for the torment, for the anxiety, for the depression, for the oppression, for the hurt, for the pain, for the twisted stuff in our life to remain? No, it is not. It is not. It is not. But like Jesus kept his mouth shut, the Spirit of God is saying to us, we've got to open our mouth. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say it is not lawful for sickness to rule and reign in our bodies any longer. It is not lawful for lack and poverty to reign in our families any longer. It is not lawful. Healing is a part of our redemption just like forgiveness of sin is a part of our redemption. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Church, let's open our mouth. And take, I've I've got to do this again. He himself took with violence, seized our infirmity. He took it violent. He was violent about it. Why? So we could be violent about it. As he took infirmity, he says, now you take healing. As he took sickness, we take healing. As he took life, we take prosperity. As he took sin, we take righteousness. We take freedom. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so. Say so. Say so. Father, we say so tonight. We say, we say that we are healed by the stripes of Jesus. We say... It is unlawful for sickness to rule and reign in our body. It is unlawful for cancer to remain in bodies in the name of Jesus. It is unlawful. It is our right as citizens of heaven that we're healed, we're whole, we're free. Because whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We say we're healed. We say we're free. We say we're loosed. A great breaking loose in our life. We thank you, Father. We thank you. Maybe somebody watching, maybe somebody here, you've been having pain underneath your, your right arm, kind of close to your armpit. I don't know if it's a, a rib or if it's a, uh, if it's a muscle. Who is that? It could be somebody right here. Okay. Um, would you just place your right hand on that area right there? Your left hand, I mean. I know that right hand, that would be kind of difficult, wouldn't it? Put your left hand right there. Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you for your healing power. And we open our mouth with a new revelation, with a new insight, with the the same violence that you took infirmity. We take healing with this lady right now in the name of Jesus.